Well, 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 welcome to another episode of the Fearless Parody Podcast Show. You know, parody doesn't come with a manual. It either does parody a child, preteen, or teenager. In fact, parody is very scary. It can cause every parent out there to be fearful, me included. The goal, the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with information and resources that help you overcome family life struggles difficulties and challenges and to be able to parent fearlessly. So every week we provide information and resources to help grow your parental leadership while growing the leadership of your child, preteen, or teenager. In short, we are here to help you and your children become the best versions of yourselves. So get ready and dive right in to today's episode. Well, I want to welcome everyone to today's podcast episode. Today I have as my special guest, Dr. Melissa Riley. Uh, Dr. Riley is a mom of two boys. She's also a clinical psychologist and a parent coach who's passionate. Okay, hear me. She is passionate about helping moms separated from their mother by physical distance, estrangement, or death help them move from their feelings of insecurity, isolation, and being overwhelmed to a place of resilience. So without further ado, here's Dr. Melissa Riley. Dr. Thank you so much for being a part of my podcast here today. Thank you, Stan. I really appreciate it. I've been so excited. I've been listening to you for a while, and I'm just so honored to be part of your podcast family. So thank you. Well, let me tell you, You talking about moms being mentors uh, to moms and how important that is. uh, I I just had to have you on my podcast. But first, tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Um, As you mentioned, I am a clinical psychologist and have been so for 22 years now. And um, I am very passionate in working with moms in particular. And over, um, since having my own children, I discovered that there is a unique experience for women that do not have a mother in their life once they become a mother. Um, So that includes women who, whose mother has passed away, Mm. or perhaps they live a far distance from their mother, or for those individuals who've had to make the really difficult decision to end a relationship with their mother because the the relationship was not healthy. Yeah, I know that has to be difficult. I, I know as a as a dad, you know, in my church, I, I joined the ushers because there were a group of dads there and husbands <laughs> and you know, there was a lot I didn't know, <laughs> a lot I needed to know. So I needed some role models. So that that's important that moms have that somebody that they can lead up for advice and to be a mentor. So what else uh, interested you in taking all of this on with working with moms that don't have moms? Well, I became a mother uh, later in life. Um I had, you know, got my my degrees and started my business, um, and 
at the age of um, just days shy of 38, I uh, birthed my son, uh, my youngest son, my mm-hmm. oldest, came into my life at the age of three when I married his father. Ah. Um, but my youngest son, um, I birthed and was really taken off guard by the ex- the intense feelings I was experiencing. Really? Um, that involved not having my mother with me. She had passed away 15 years prior to me giving birth. And um, that process of becoming pregnant and then delivering him. And then during the first um, several years of his life, I was really surprised by how much I was taken aback. I mean, I was, you know, nearly 38 years old, had my doctorate. I had taught graduate level courses in child development, I thought I was well prepared and knew what I would be doing. And so was really shocked by just how difficult that period of time was and was amazed by other women who just seemed to have it all together. And that created these intense feelings of shame and, and felt like something was wrong with me. And then initially, I thought it was postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. Um, and you started did, analyzing yourself, huh? Well, yes, yes, because I, I knew I was vulnerable uh, to those things. And, you know, at least those were things were, were talked about a little bit. I mean, not a lot. But I had never heard anybody talk about the impact not having one's mother in their life would have. Now, I had, you know, like I said, my mom had died. 15 years prior to my birth, um, we had, for most of my life, a very good relationship. But unfortunately, um, we had a falling out and were strained for um, the eight months prior to her death. So that complicated things um, even further. And we had been separated by physical distance. We had not lived in the same state since um, I graduated college. So... I realized um, that these memories of my mom, that many of them made me feel sad and I was missing her support, but I was also having um, thoughts of of anger uh, that were cropping up because of the things that that occurred that led to our estrangement. And all of this was um, making my connection and being present when my son was an infant and my you know older son was a young child more difficult and and again i didn't have the words to understand that this was a grief process because i had grieved my mom you know and i had grieved her many times there were lots of things that would come up and i would go through the process again but i had no idea that during a time that everybody talked about the joy of motherhood that for me becoming a mother stirred so many of these things up and so how did you begin to push past all of this to to start to recover from that grief and these feelings of shame and the other negative feelings that you just felt because i imagine everything was just weighing in on you yes yes well my typical pattern would be to withdraw (laughs) because i you know i didn't want to admit it. So I withdrew and became more and more isolated. Um, thankfully, 
um, you know, I had people in my life, some friends and a very strong faith community that I was able to reach out to for support. And that's part of what is really important is finding your go-to people. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do mean people, not person. Okay. Okay. What's the difference there? What's the difference? Well, it's very rare that one person can fill the role of what we typically think a supportive, loving mother is, right? And so, for example, one person may be the wise woman, right? The one that you can go to to get information. You know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we can get that from books or podcasts or professionals, right? Um, Another person would be somebody who can support you emotionally. So the one that you call crying when, you know, my baby won't stop crying or my, um, you know, baby's going off to kindergarten. Oh my goodness. I can't handle these emotions. Right. And that person doesn't necessarily give advice. They just give emotional support. And then it could be another person that will just pick up your laundry on your porch because you are just so overwhelmed with everything. You just need somebody to do something for you. Just serve you. Just, yeah. Just come alongside of you. Yes. Yes. And and so having multiple people, you know, in your mom tribe uh, can be go. very helpful. So you gotta, you gotta have a tribe. Well, you know what, that, that makes sense. Uh, when you talk about moms or these type of moms, what, what makes this group of, uh, of, of moms different from those who do have those motherly figures that they can call upon? I I think there are three primary differences. Please. First is the experience of, of grief that these women are more vulnerable to, to have. So the the longing, the missing, that that feeling that there's a, a gap there. And that can that can result in feelings of sadness um, and longing. Uh, regret, but also that that feeling like something is wrong with me because I don't have something that other member uh, mothers seem to have, right? So you go to the park and you see moms and grandmoms, right? And and you will never have that. So so feelings of grief, loss, uh, jealousy. So so that's a piece that's different. the The second piece that is different is not having that go-to person that you feel comfortable reaching out to for support. And so whether you are uh, um, separated by death, you know, the person isn't there, you you may or may not have found another go-to person, either um, another woman in your life or, or you know, uh, you know your, your life partner, perhaps. If you're separated by your mother by emotional estrangement, then that person isn't a go-to person because you don't feel safe, right? So you've had to make that choice to disconnect, Okay. right? And if there's physical distance, so this may be somebody you can call up and ask for, for support, but you can't just call them up and say, hey, I need a break. You know, my two-year-old is driving me crazy. Come over, watch them for a minute while I go for a ride, right? So so all three of those categories have that 
go-to person missing, but for different reasons. And, and it impacts them differently. And then the third thing that makes moms without a mom different is the impact that being part of that group has on our identity as mom. So we do not have that person in our life in the way we would have hoped to have that person in our life. So when, when we think about, you know, moms and the kind of mom we want to be, you know, we think about the role models we have for us, that role model may have been a great role model, but is no longer there or they weren't a great role model. And we don't necessarily know what to do with that. And, And so how are we like them? How are we different from them? And we, we, we don't have the same opportunities to figure that out. Um, now, moms that are separated from their moms by distance may not have difficulty with the identity piece because their mother's still in their life, just not readily accessible. Well, I tell you, moms, uh, dads, and guardians, say yes, I'm even talking to you, dads out there, because maybe you realize this in your wife. Uh, this is why I have uh, Dr. Riley here on the show is to empower my parents and equip them to become the best version of themselves. So if you're a dad out there, you notice this about your wife, hey, point her in a good doctor's direction. Uh, I'm going to let her tell you about the guide that she has for you and how to contact her. Yes, I created a guide um, specifically for postpartum moms. So, So that's moms in the first couple years after giving birth. So uh, particularly infants that um, provides strategies for self-care when they are not able to step away from their child. So for like me, I didn't have anybody that could watch my my son to give me self-care time. So I had to figure out ways to care for myself while my baby was with me. So this guide has six strategies. They're all very simple and easy to do, um, but they really can help you feel good about caring for yourself. Now, I will be creating, I'm in the process of creating two additional free resources. One is going to be tips on how to create that mom tribe. And the other is on strategies on bringing your focus back to the present when you become distracted by thoughts or memories. And that will be good for moms of children of all ages. So they're they're being developed right now, but I'll I'll have them out soon. Well, Mom's Answer Guardians, I'm gonna have links to the good doctor's guide and to her website. And I want to challenge you, reach out to her because she's preparing these resources. And if you'll contact her, she has a means to contact her on her website and, and just shoot her a note saying, hey, would you have these resources out there? Would you remember me and, and send those to me? And in between now and then, feel free to ask her questions. Again, yes. this is why I bring these guests on to equip you and empower you. So this brings us to the end of this episode. Be back for part two of my two-part interview with Dr. Riley. And until then, God bless. Well, that concludes another awesome episode. Please, please check out the podcast description where you'll find links to family and parenting resources. 
And I want to thank you, moms, dads, and guardians, for listening to today's Fearless Parody Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and that it added value to you and your family. And I want to leave you with something that was once said by two-time Nobel Prize recipient Marie Curie, who once said that nothing in life is to be feared. It's only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That is why we have this show, to help you understand more about parenting so that you can fear less. So I want to challenge you, like I always do, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.